0: Hello and welcome to the A Form Show, their premier podcast for all things architecture and design across the MENA region. Welcome to your tribe. Today's episode is supported by Skystruct, the groundbreaking construction and project management solution that's absolutely turning heads in the industry. They are bringing together architects, engineers, project managers, procurement, and essentially any stakeholder onto one singular platform. Yes, clients are included. Skystruct is genuinely changing the game. Its tailored modules for construction management, inventory, labor, cost management helps streamline the chaos of construction projects. They are rolling out very soon in the Dubai, but you as a listener can get in early. Drop us an email at hello at aform.studio and find out how Skystruct is the future. And it is here today. Now, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the show, everyone. This week, we are joined by the wonderful Michelle Lim, Senior Business Development Architect at RSP. Historically, there's always been a gap between the talented architect and the art of generating business. However, like any skill, business development and sales can be worked on. Michelle joins us today to share her expertise and insight on this very topic, and we cannot wait to dive in. So without further ado, let's get into it. Applause all around, applause all around. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, welcome to the show, Michelle.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It is really nice to be here.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So for everyone listening, I'm going to reiterate what you do, right? So you're a business development architect
1: mouthful. And, <laughs> it's yeah. a lot of words. So
0: an architect that does business development. Yes. Now I'm going to be honest I know what both those things are yeah. but <laughs> separately Separately, <laughs> but together I'm a bit confused. So I suppose where I want to start off with is what is a business development architect? What do you do? I mean are you making bids and designing the stuff at the same time? What's happening?
1: No I don't have that many hours in a day. But <laughs> be a business development architect. It's not a very common title at all. Of course, there's business development something. But I think architect, there's not a lot of it. Uh, a lot of people who do that. So most large scale companies have a business development department. But from what I've come across, I'm not sure you can correct me if I'm wrong. Not many architects pursue BD full time, like as a standalone thing, which is understandable because the everyday tasks are quite a deviation from, you know, an architect's usual roles and responsibilities. And it's interesting because I've spoken to several BD people in the industry. And in general, while there are similarities in our roles, there's still a lot of difference, like it differs from company to company. So, of course, the general role is about focusing on identifying opportunities for growth. Forming strategic partnerships, building relationships with clients and partners, which a lot of people forget that that's important. It's not just the clients. Right. You know, it's the subconsultants, it's the suppliers, all of this, all of them are equally important. Doing market research, analyzing industry trends, and assessing your competition. Another thing people, you mm. know, you sort of stay in your bubble, but it's really important to see what your competition is doing. You always have to be up the goss. Right, know? right, right, right. You always have to know that. So in RSP. I don't just focus on getting new clients, you know, setting coffee dates and all that stuff. I do that. That's the fun bit. I also handle everything from making sure we're pre-qualified with clients, preparing bid requirements, to negotiating contracts and getting them signed. So it's not just about winning. It's from ensuring everything runs smoothly from the beginning until awarding. Uh, Another interesting part of my job is how closely related it is to marketing. Mm. Even though we have a marketing department and all companies usually have, BD is really, really closely tied with with marketing. They both affect and improve each other. So while I'm building relationships with clients and dealing with contracts, this is part of me helping to shape how people see RSV in the Mm -hmm. local market. Mm -hmm. So whether it's figuring out who we want to reach, tweaking our brand message, or working on promoting individuals in the company, I'm right there in the middle, which is very interesting. And again, it's not something an architect usually does. Yeah. Yeah. This way it's like our efforts aren't just about our client. It's it fits into RSP's bigger plans and how we want to be seen slash known in right. the architecture world.
0: Interesting. So it's 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 almost like an intersection of yeah, I mean, clearly marketing, biz dev, but then because you're a designer, you kind of get that angle in it as well, I suppose. When I'm
1: talking to the clients, yeah. you know, I know the right lingo, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm yeah. not going to do it though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Options for facades? Sure, <laughs> no problem.
1: <laughs> Go send the team five. You want five? Did you say six? <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. So, no, that's very interesting. I think, I think the best way I can put it, and I know that we talked about this briefly you know, before we recorded, but you seem to be the person that does... All the things that architects talk about doing. Because just, just just like you mentioned, you know, like a while earlier, I too have had many conversations with, you know, management of, you know, studios and things. And they're like, oh, yeah, we should do this. We should do this. Should yeah, we should do this. <laughs> and we should look at this for our brand. And we should look at this agency for this. And yeah. so on and so forth. But you seem to be the person actually <laughs> doing that at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that's, that's really interesting. So I... I suppose the next thing is, this is something which is a bit close to me because I do sort of have an interest in biz dev myself. I don't know if it's kind of natural career progression. I just Mm. found myself here now, I suppose. And I'm actually trying to think back if I did anything consciously to end up here, so to speak. I don't think I did. And I want to ask you the same thing. Is this something which you, out of design school, knew that you wanted to do or did it you know, did you just find a natural sort of inclination to it?
1: Yeah, no, for sure not. <laughs> I didn't think about it at all. And it's not really taught back at uni. I think, yeah. I think, at least in my university, we probably had maximum two classes on right. this topic, like if at all. Right. Or maybe I'm just a bad student. But um, it's not something you like you said it is something that comes naturally with a company anyway but it's not necessarily a full person Hmm. a full-time person so maybe in especially in a boutique company you have to do all of this anyway you need to do branding you need to do marketing but it will probably be three different people doing it Hmm. part-time so it was not something that i'd planned to do i was fortunate right out of university the first offer i got was to do and my title then was similar to what you were talking about before, where it was business development and being an architect as a design team, part-time. Hmm. So that was interesting. That was obviously my first time doing any of this, getting involved in bids and all of that, which I found interesting. And then I was fortunate enough to move into RSP two years later, where because of the scale of RSP device studio, I'm doing it full-time because you know we have enough people, Like, yeah. this person is you don't need an extra designer who's part time yeah and so and yeah i i realized in the 2 years that i was in my first firm that i enjoyed it and in rsb i got exposed to much more responsibilities which i liked obviously my roles and everything grew as i stayed there longer yeah and i sort of just i i think that's probably what i want to continue doing
0: right right yeah. okay interesting i I almost want to ask again for very selfish reasons now, because you know <laughs> <laughs> why not <laughs> go ahead I mean, it's a very difficult thing, right i mean it's 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 a I mean I suppose architects you can kind of gauge a good and bad architect, I suppose, by their designs and what they execute, so on and so forth. but business development is one of those things where you know you kind of need to do a lot of work, i suppose till till the very i mean wait. Wait, let me backtrack. Let me try and put this correctly. You need to do a lot of work, which seems unfruitful until the contract's finally signed, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's when it's like, oh yeah, okay, you know, we got this job. But no one probably sees all of the work that led to that. Oh,
1: someone finally gets it. And <laughs> Can you call my boss?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, because I'm kind of thinking, I know again, briefly we talked about, you know, like, you know, KPIs and things yeah. like that. And again, for designers, it's fairly straightforward, yeah, yeah. right? Like, this
1: deliverable at the end of this program. Exactly. Yeah. Hit that and yeah. you
0: know, happy days. Yeah. And then you can, you know, try a tighter timeline in in, in the next one. Yeah. You can try a different model in the other one. Yeah. And, you know, that's how you sort of progress. But how do you progress in this? And um, okay, I suppose my question is more around the fact that how do you know? I mean, if someone wanted to hire a good business development person, right? How do you know someone who's good or not good? You know, what's uh, what's the gauge?
1: Mm, I think it's just going to have to be an investment. And I talked about marketing and branding and none of these things, you know, it's not like we're selling items, you know. It's not like if we have X number of sales at the end of the month and then... We know that the marketing, the ads were good. Yeah. It doesn't apply here because right. we're selling service. Right. And so these things take and a while. Big
0: ticket service.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that take really long. Yeah. You know, so it's not, it's not, you're right. It's not the same. And these things take a very long time to, you know, all of these marketing, branding, and building client relationship. This takes a while. I was yeah. just having this conversation. I'm not going to name names, but, you know, there are some let's say, bids that we got in the last, you know, few months. And it's funny because it's been maybe years, like plural, that we've been trying to, you know, talk to a certain client. Yeah. So it's that many follow-ups and, you know, yeah. having to show your capabilities right. and, you know, getting them convinced for years until you get your first bid. And then again, right. it's a whole process again until you get your first
0: job. Yeah, yeah, so yeah,
1: yeah. I, 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 how to assess if someone's a good BD at the start, I, I'm not sure I know the answer, but I think it's more of if they can sell your brand the mm. way you want it. Right. That might be a good first way to sort of assess they fit in your company and things like that. But yeah, yeah, you're gonna see the results. It's not an overnight kind yeah. of true, <laughs> result. True, true. It's gonna take a while to see if it's actually really paid working. off. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. True. True. Unfortunately, that is what I thought the answer was. <laughs> <laughs> You kind of got to feel it and yeah. try it out. And if it doesn't yeah. work, you know, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. So next question. Again, I get this a lot from designers, right? Which is a lot of them will come up to me and be like, you know, I'm a really good designer. Yeah. right? I know what I'm doing. But it's just difficult to kind of communicate that. I don't want to come off as a salesperson selling my stuff. And even more so when it comes to then looking at clients, I don't want to be that guy who's constantly bombarding clients with, you know, messages and, Oh, look at my work. Look at this, look at this, look at this award. Look at that. I don't want to be that person. You know, I'm, I'm more introverted and I'm more, you know, I want my design to speak for itself. And like we spoke about earlier, I want my design to get me good work. I don't want to have to go and promote myself. I want my work to show my capability. So, Many things in that statement, obviously. So from, from, from your point of view, I suppose the first part of that question is, can introverted designers also benefit from doing stuff in BD? Is this something you'd recommend or a skill that they can pick up to learn it? And then the second part is more about in this, in this loud market of everyone clamoring for attention, do you think that the designer who says, I want my design to win me work, does that studio have a place in today's world Those are the two questions.
1: Okay. So the first, there's nothing wrong with being an introvert. I mean, I'm not an introvert, but I know it's something that can't be helped. So it's, you're just going to have to put an effort, but if it's necessary, yes, I think it's necessary, <laughs> right. you know, because you need to be able to communicate your ideas effectively regardless, Right. Even if you're not marketing, even when you're just presenting or meeting a client, what are you just going to email? What's up your client? No, you're going to have to explain your design, explain your work True. to them. So it is part of the job. If not, then you hire a B.D. person like me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Done. That's your solution. No,
1: but no, I agree to some extent that obviously designs do speak for themselves, but you have to realize that these clients see hundreds and hundreds of options that are as good as yours. So your branding has to reach them in some unique way. You know, they're not spending... Clients and developers aren't spending all their time on Instagram scrolling. That's a really good render. You know, they're not doing that. You know, you have to convince them that you're not just a good designer. You're the perfect designer for them, for their needs, for their responsibilities. You need me because of X, Y, Z reasons. You have to also put yourself in your client's shoes. So, your design might be 100% technically sound, Hmm. but can you explain it to them? And let's say this is a developer or a private client. Hmm. Can you explain your design in layman's terms so that they can appreciate it? Hmm. You know, it's not just, it looks like something they saw on Pinterest.
2: Yeah.
1: You're going to have to consider these things. And so, it's not. Oh, I'm an introvert. I can't work on my communication skills, or I don't want to. Hmm. Kind of have to. (laughs) I don't think there's really a way around it. Like I said, or get someone else to do it for you because it's inevitable in the industry. It applies to any form of business or art. You can't just expect people to come to Hmm. you (laughs) without putting yourself out there.
0: True. True. Yeah. Interesting. No, because I mean, I mean, it's a, it's it's a constantly conflicting idea, right? I suppose because on the one hand, I do get what they're saying, right? I do get how it can become very salesy and very like, you know, oh, For but sure. but but you know, is this is this part of? I mean, uh, as an architect, did I go to five years of you know architecture school to mm-hmm. eventually just do social media posts all day every day to win work? That's kind of the argument that I hear quite often. And I I hear you, I hear what you're saying as well. I just, I don't know if there's like a middle ground for this, you know?
1: Did you go to architecture school just to do commercial projects which follow the developers' standards and guidelines? No, but it's part of the job, you know? True, true. true. Like, I know not everyone wants to do it, but if you want to stand out, and you know, it's very interesting. If you look at a lot of these... A lot of our, um, you know, the biggest names in the industry, in the architecture world, look at their social media, super active. They're still, you know, they, they're still consistently posting, of mm. course, because they have a full team, a whole right. army of marketing and branding. But if even they see the need to do this, True. as established as they are. Right.
0: That's actually know. a good point. I've never actually thought of that. I. They don't a, need to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, the biggest names. Yeah.
1: Exactly. LinkedIn. Even Facebook still. Instagram. Mm, mm. I don't know what else they're on. TikTok sometimes even. There are some of the bigger ones who are on TikTok as well. You know, doing these really cutesy videos and they don't need to do this at all. Mm. They don't need to still be t- convincing people that they know how to design, how to deliver. You know, they still do talks on whatever it is, sustainability. They're still, you have to always stay relevant. You're. Mm. It's so easy to just be pushed away because there are really, really good designers here.
2: Right.
1: And it like, you said, I know you, know, you just don't want to be posting renders all day because that's not all you have to do. You have to do much more than posting renders. It's a lot hmm. of work. Hmm. <laughs> hmm.
0: Interesting. True. I think that there's a lot of people listening saying, yeah, man, that's exactly what I was telling people. <laughs> 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 um, no, I mean, I mean, but it is a conversation that I think most designers have at some point. So I'm, I'm glad we're able to add value to them. So I suppose my next question to you is from a PD point of view, Lessons learned almost, so to speak. If you can share a story or some insights based on your journey so far in business development, things which you found interesting, things which, you know, kind of made you go, huh, and I never thought of it that way. Anything interesting that you can share with us?
1: Mm, Well... Well, I guess everything we've been talking about can be summarized about, you know, having the need to do all these things. Because when you graduate or when you say you want to be an architect, I want to design a good building. I want to deliver a good building. But you don't really think about all the business aspect that comes with it. All, hmm. all, That's a lot of stuff. I know I've been talking a lot about marketing and branding. We haven't even started on the commercials aspect. <laughs> that's right. a full other story, right. you know? You don't realize that, how necessary all these are you sort of I think unless you're starting your own firm then you realize have to cover all of these roles right like if, if a lot of hats to wear <laughs> yeah it's a lot of hats to wear you know like I mentioned earlier it's not just about good posting good photos or renders you know it's about it's a really really useful tool that you have to know how to use because that's where you can talk about the company's culture their vision Talk about individuals. Promote individuals. Tell people, hey, I'm speaking at this event near you. Sharing research articles on trends. It helps uh, build credibility and attract not only opportunities and clients, but also the people who want to join your company. Right. I think this is a really good way to not only build your brand, but to
0: build your team. Hmm. Yeah, it does. It does. It does. It's it's kind of like a Many birds with one stone. Yeah, almost, exactly, almost kind exactly. Of
1: it really is, and that's why it's very interesting and very important. Mm. Because once you cover that, that's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of things that you're tackling at the same time. Right. Uh, right. You know, that's covering all the things I mentioned. I don't, I don't yeah. want to repeat myself again, but no, yeah. I get
0: that. I get that. Yeah. I I kind of then almost want to ask, right? Because if you look at this like a task, and again, I'm, I suppose I'm putting my PM hat on now, yeah. <laughs> which is I'm of the opinion that. Things run efficiently when you have systems and workflows in place. Yeah. Right. When you have when when you have something which has been designed to work this way, you have a series of steps, complete mm. those steps, and you get a task at the end of it. Right. Typically that works with design, but with BD, I suppose my question is, is every sort of project that you get involved with, is there like a standardized sort of process that you follow, or is everything sort of different based on that project?
1: I wish it was, <laughs> but it's not. And I think one of the major skills that you have to get really good at is probably being adaptable to what the client needs because like mm. I said not every client wants the same thing right. obviously and you can't be repeating the same script to everyone mm. I know I talked about you know social media and what your you know what your brand looks like there but when you are sitting face to face with a client you can't be repeating the same script to everyone yep. you have to know to research you have to research on the that particular client's brand identify how you as a designer can add to it you have to know what they want to hear of course it has to be the truth (laughs) and say okay that's cool this is what you're looking for this is how i can help you and why you should come to me and you know not this other people they're amazing designers but you know for this project i think i'm the one you know yeah yeah. and so I, i don't think you can say that you you know, you can't have a certain process step by step that works for everyone because it's mm. every client's different. And every process of, you know, getting to the client, you know, whether it's and and now this is the whole technical part. This is like the bidding process and all of that pre-qualification and submitting technical and commercial submissions. None of them are the same. Mm. <laughs> They're similar, similar steps, but. It's not the same. Even pricing per project, there's a million things. To, well, not a million, there's a hundred things to consider. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So no, it's I, I don't think it's so,
2: so there's it's not- a
1: there's a general system that yeah. it's not a s- s- step by step which works for every every client every time. It can work for a client this year, the next year probably doesn't work <laughs> right, anymore, you know, right. something like that. Because you're dealing with people. True. It's true. it's different.
0: Mm. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, I was I was just trying to wonder if there was a way it could be standardized, but I suppose not, right? I mean, every every developer, for example, might have just something as simple as their own formats of submitting yeah, things yeah. Would, would make things, you but, know, difficult, But also we're
1: talking about building relationships with people. Hmm. It's not, that's not a, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's not a standard
0: procedure true, kind of thing. It's,
1: it, it's different for everyone.
0: I think, I think you've touched upon an interesting thing because I also want to ask then things which I've sort of, I suppose, picked up unconsciously have Mm. been a lot of non-design related things also. You know, I suppose things like, you know, reading a room, reading body language, you know, kind of being able to tell when you're losing someone's attention, I suppose, which again, have nothing to do with design and you don't learn that in design school. Do you think that's also something that people should look at, kind of getting these soft skills, so to speak?
1: Very important, and I, I know you're mentioning there's some people who are probably like, oh, but I can't do it, and there's really no other advice except you have to fake it till you make it, man. <laughs> I swear, you have to because it's not—it's really nothing. You don't study these things, and even if you read ten books, that's hmm. not gonna help. That's your Until personality. You're actually doing it. Yeah, you've got to do it again and again and again and again. And I mentioned earlier, you know, about what it was like with, with different clients at the beginning of my career. You just you're going to have to put yourself in that position to be able to improve mm. because it's not something that can be... Communication skills isn't something that you can develop overnight. Mm. And yeah, you just really have to learn how to present yourself, present their work, or I mean, in this case, if you're working for a firm or present you know your work, and mm. you have to be confident about it. And and I know it's easier said than done. So, Hmm. like I said, you have to fake it till you make it. There's really no way around it.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. You mentioned a while earlier that there's also this kind of role of looking at commercials and contracts as well. So, I'm I'm wondering, is there an overlap of your role with finance and contracts and legal as well? I mean, do they also kind of give input when you sort of put your bid together?
1: Yes, there is an overlap. But, of course... That's working closely with the finance team, the management team and things like that. It's interesting because I, uh, and I also mentioned this <laughs> earlier with you, till today I have friends in the industry who know I'm doing BD and they come to me on advice for how to price their projects, hmm. like freelance and stuff like that. Right. So I feel like it's not talked about enough, which is ironic because that's a backbone of any business. Yeah. But we're just so focused on design and delivery and technical that not a lot of people know about this, even if yeah. they've been in the industry for a while. Even the best architects with the most solid design won't survive without commercial knowledge. Absolutely. Yeah, it's such a cutthroat industry. You need to be able, at the end of the day, it's profit and things like that. I was fortunate to learn everything I know at RSP over the last six years how to assess the risk factors of a project, how to foresee future possible factors that can affect the project and the fees also down the line, taking into consideration the program, resources required, which Without impacting the other ongoing projects, hmm. all of these things it's different per per company probably does it yeah. slightly differently, but like you mentioned, it's not something that a lot of people are aware of, which yeah. is very important. I think <laughs> this is definitely something that I know obviously most of the time there will be a finance person involved, there will be someone else involved hmm. you have to you have to have a good idea, especially yeah. if you plan to start up your own firm or. At least do things freelance, you know, yeah. here and there. Yeah. Because you're just wasting your time.
0: No, it's, it's it's a very good point. The number of freelancers that I've had that have come to me and been like, you know, man, I should have charged more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. The number of times I've heard that is, is shocking, to be honest.
1: Yeah, because you don't know this. Because when you're sitting down doing your day job and you're, you know, designing and you sort of, you're not considering All of the, I mean, okay, it's your hours, it's your time. There's a lot more things to consider. And you don't see this when you're in an office job, obviously, because these are behind the scenes things that they they don't bother you with. There's a lot more that goes on and things like, yeah, like I said, all the risk factors you have to consider. Is it, what type of project is it? Is it residential? Is it going to run for much longer? Did you consider, you know, variations? Did you consider all of these things? Right. And if you don't, then yeah, <laughs> that's how you end up. wishing. Unfortunately. <laughs> and okay, I'm gonna say this be controversial. I feel like a lot of people undervalue themselves. They're sorry not themselves. Their services. Yeah. I think people don't realize, and I mean this, designers. And obviously, I'm very supportive of designers charging the most because <laughs> yeah. I believe in everyone's services and their capa- design capabilities. I feel like a lot of people undervalue their work, though. Like, but that sounds a lot. No, you're giving this is your design. This is no one else can produce this work. Yeah. Don't undersell your services, your capabilities, and your time. This that's your time. You learn, you know, you can do this and you're agreeing to the short time frame because you know how to do it because you're a pro. Yeah. Don't don't undersell yourselves. So I don't charge less because oh, I'm shy that they might not come back then.
0: I feel else will. <laughs> I I feel like it's also more about. Okay, I have a designer who I was talking to yesterday. Yeah. And she shall remain unnamed for the purposes <laughs> of this story.
1: Later she'll be named. <laughs> Later
0: she'll be named. But literally same conversation. And she was like, oh, you know, I have this I have this client. And, you know, I've kind of got a pretty good brief. And I'm thinking it's probably like, a you know, a 10K, 15K job. And when I heard what all was being delivered, I'm like, I think you're looking more at... Forty-five, fifty minimum it's like what i'm like no. yeah i mean just you know the number of hours that you're going to yeah, put into it just the hours. times your rate yeah. times your you know your overheads etc yeah. etc i think you're kind of in that figure and she's like but how can i how how can i just give them you know i'm i'm, I'm just one person how can i write them a yeah. bill of 50k and i'm like I mean, that's a bigger problem than, than than what you have right now. But I think I think you're completely right that there's this sort of mental block, I suppose, especially when you're starting out.
2: Yeah. You know, if it's
0: your own firm, there's this weird sort of feeling of, but I don't want to come off that I'm charging too much. Mm. But then I don't want to charge too little of course. <laughs> As as well. This is a weird balance that you got to maintain. And I think it's more... It's more psychological than anything
1: else. I always say, and and this is where I'm always glad to help people, you know, because again, and that's why I think everyone should have some idea of BD. In most companies, people do. You just don't call it BD. It's if you're the managing director or something, or if it's your company, you do end up doing all these roles. You just don't have a name to it, you know, something like that. But I think it's very useful information that everyone should know. And going back to my point, and that's where I'm happy to help because a lot of people don't realize. They know what they're producing. They know they're producing, you know, A, B, C, D deliverables for concept stage, for DD stage, for all of this. But it's not usually like fully, like no one really, not a lot of people get to see the contract. Yeah, And that's why when you write it out, say, okay, give them a timeline, tell them week one, this is what I'm producing for you, week two, this, and and I'm not just talking about deliverables. It's include everything you're doing from site visit. Site analysis, coordinating with suppliers, co- all of this—that's yes. that's part of it. Yeah. You're not just charging for per drawing. Yeah. You're charging for all, that's all included in your service. So when you write all of this out and then you give it to the client, and then your fees are justified because your hours for all of this, plus your drawings, plus your renders, hmm. plus you know all of this, um, including meetings with the client. Hmm, hmm, hmm. And that there, it's justified this way when you write it out, when you actually write it out. Interesting point,
0: interesting point. I think that works two ways, right? Because A, that helps the designer sort of become a bit more confident of their offering, being like, hey, yeah. you know what?
1: Yeah, I'm not just, because yeah. a lot of clients will say, well, I just, I'm just asking for one render. <laughs> like without knowing what goes on behind, the, before you get to this one render, <laughs> you know, when that happens a lot. True,
0: <laughs> true, Just true, asking true.
1: for one render. Yeah, just, just this, one, this yeah, yeah, one. Yeah, one view. Well,
0: well, one view. <laughs> it's never one. it's never one
1: thing can I just uh, change the colors as an option
2: (laughs) yeah it's
0: never one
1: option
0: (laughs) oh god yeah it's true it's true it's a it's a difficult field it's a difficult (laughs) field
1: it really is a headache I mean it's but I before
0: you even start the design yeah (laughs) I mean
1: right no one knows that's why people don't know all this behind the scenes stuff that happens before you even I know the project itself is a, a big headache, but even just getting the contract, even just, like I said, from the first pick up the phone, hello, this is RSV, this is Michelle from RSV, you know, and then, you know, following up and, you know, developing some relation and meeting right. and this whole process, like I said, the pre-qualification and then the contracts and then the bidding, like all that happens. And then the product, which is another headache of its own. But, you know, I think most people aren't aware of this first step, which is a very big step.
0: (laughs) Makes sense. Makes sense. All right. So, Michelle, I I now want to ask you, as, as we sort of, you know, wind down the episode, so to speak, I like to always look forward, right? I mean, we've spoken about, you know, your journey and how you've sort of reached where you are now. So, looking forward in your role, what... What is of interest to you? What gets you excited over the next year, or a couple of years, or whatever it may be? What kind of thing are you really looking forward to, trying to achieve, want to explore? Can be you know, outside of you know, design even for that matter. What's, what's, what's ahead for Michelle? I suppose it's the right question.
1: This feels like my year-end review
0: <laughs> at RSP. Let me, let me get out the clipboard <laughs> and, and start checking some boxes. <laughs> I'll do you wait uh wait. we we've, we've had so many people from rsp right so ralph prabhu
1: and adnan <laughs> now it's me <laughs>
0: so uh, i feel like i actually can do that job <laughs> i think i could do that job quite well
1: um i think it would just be to grow i know i've been doing this for i told almost a total of 8 years but and I know it sounds like, I'm, I feel like I know a lot, but there's so much more to learn. Mm. Because like I said, it covers so many disciplines or roles. So it's, it's really hard to excel at all of them. <laughs> you know, it's always like, if I'm doing really good in marketing this time, maybe, you know, it's not all at equal levels. So mm. it would probably just be to really continue going to this role. Being able to do it better. And I mentioned earlier that it's fake it till you make it. I'm not Hmm. fully sure (laughs) if I've made it yet, (laughs) but yeah, I think it's, um, I really like what I'm doing. I know it's very different and not everyone pursues this as an architect, very different from, you know, being a designer, technical uh, or on site, but I enjoy this. I feel like there's a lot more room to grow in terms of building relations, obviously there's Things like networking never really ends, hmm. <laughs> not like there's a limit to that, True. but just so many more skills in terms of all the things I've mentioned, communication, presentation, all of this, hmm. there's a, a big room to grow still. And um, I think it's just really excelling in this particular role, Gotcha. which is... I mean I, I can go in detail if you want one by one, specific specific <laughs> no, instances. No, I believe you. <laughs> or I really I really want to get close to X client. <laughs> I really want to back that project. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those are some of the things in my <laughs> right. in the things I wanna do for sure for the next two years or uh, my, you know, um role uh, sorry, KPIs. <laughs> right, right. But enough. it's it it's it's mainly that. I think I think it's 'cause like I said, this is very different from you know, what we learn in in architecture in university and things like that. It it's not like I started with no with prior knowledge. Hmm. So when I say I have eight years of experience, eight years was like day one, you know, right. day zero. Right. And I was learning since then. That right. was my start. I had I have knowledge of the industry, of everything that goes on, but all of the things I've mentioned, gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. I just started. <laughs> okay. Fair enough.
0: Fair enough. I mean That's highly optimistic. I like that attitude, you know, forever student sort of uh, mentality. So fine. Awesome. So just before we wrap up the episode again, and I know I've, I've, I've mentioned this, I always like to give a bit of advice to, you know, people listening in. Your role in particular is quite unique in a sense and quite different. So if there are young architects listening or young designers listening, if there was advice that you could give them regarding BD, general design, life advice, what, whatever you want to give them. If there was anything you could share with the young designer starting out at this industry, what would you tell them?
1: Hi. Hello, young architects listening. (laughs) Call me. (laughs) No, but honestly, I, um, I don't mind that if you need like personal advice, but I think it's very important to get out there and to network. You have to, even if you don't want to, you have to attend events, mingle, build connections, build network as fast as you can, at that age even, and social media is your friend, show off your work and ideas to a bigger crowd always. And then very important, you have to learn the business lingo, Hmm. be able to communicate effectively, understand how projects roll from the beginning to the end. And I'm not just talking about in terms of technicality, like, you know, Hmm. concept, like the stages and things like that. I mean, everything, you know, all the behind the scenes, if you can, if you can take internship with small firms, that's Hmm. where I think it's very, very useful. Hmm. Before you join the corporate world, that's where you can find out everything from finance to resources, all the things to consider, hmm. think profit, strategy, project management. It's not just about the designs. It's about delivery and everything happening, uh, finishing on time and communication. I've been saying this again and again, should be your biggest strength, articulate your design vision in a way that resonates with potential clients and people you collaborate with hmm. partners. I think I also mentioned this earlier, but it's not just clients that you have to build really good relationships with. It's everyone from, you know, your MEP engineers to your lighting designers to your landscape. None of the projects happen on their own.
2: Right. Everything it's always a team supplier, effort. It's
1: always a team effort, and because you know this is spe- specifically to young architects, when you're designing back in uni, it's all just me, architect. <laughs> you know, you don't, you're not working with your signage and lighting and all of these then. So I think that's very important. Once you enter the industry, you really have to build a network with them as well Hmm. so business development is for architects who want to translate their creativity into solid opportunities gotcha and i think this is what you have to remember if this is something that you want to pursue because it's not easy and like i said it's different for every client so it's not like there's one way to do it Hmm. you figure out what works for you you figure Hmm. out what works for this client what region you're in Hmm. you know there's a lot of factors to consider and that would be a helpful starting point but yeah for anyone listening you totally get into it it's super fun
0: yeah i mean (laughs) it's very interesting i tell i tell everyone right i mean like if you're considering this field it's a lifestyle career yeah yeah. it's it's not it's not something which you can just switch off it's kind (laughs) of part of you so I, to speak. I know
1: you have yeah. no idea. Every time I'm anywhere, you know, I'm like reading anything now. Everything's like, oh, potential client <laughs> <laughs> screenshot, you know, <laughs> or every every building I pass, I take a photo. Oh, who's that? You know, who's right. building that? It's like it's just stuck in your head. Like literally on the way here, I just yeah. took another photo, <laughs> but it's yeah. always just there. And but it's not a bad thing. I'm not work a workaholic at all.
0: That's the thing, right? I mean, if you're enjoying it, it doesn't come off as work. That's I um, mean, you know, that's the that's yeah. the sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And another advice to young architects, you know, a lot of people romanticize this. That's very bad. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I get into BD. <laughs> <laughs> because the hours aren't as long.
0: <laughs> true, true, true. All yeah. right. Michelle, we have a bit of a tradition here on the show. We've affectionately called it the A-Form Show tradition. And it seems to be well-received. I mean, guests kind of tend to like it. the 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 preface of this is and i know that the listeners listening are like how could you not know it he keeps repeating it in every episode but yes essentially what it is is that there is a previous guest who remains Mm. anonymous who asks a question for the future guest not knowing who they are or where they may be
1: oh no so
0: take your time to answer most people tend to this is where we do a lot of editing And cut out a lot of silence.
1: I can imagine. (laughs) I I heard the last one and I was like, thank God that didn't come to me (laughs) because I wouldn't know what to say about that.
0: (laughs) All right. So I have yours here. And you know, some of them sometimes are quite silly also and I quite appreciate those.
1: Can it just be what's your favorite musical? (laughs) Can I get that question?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No. There's one that's been pre-picked for you today. Um, And it's, I I mean, to be honest, it's a fairly... It's a fairly okay one. In fact, I'm actually, now that I read it... No, I'm... no, no,
1: no, no, it's good. I'm, I'm... <laughs> if it's
0: easy, that's, that's what I like. No, now that I read it, I'm, I'm actually trying to wonder what my answer is. So, mm, but anyway. You can go
1: first. Go ahead and answer. No, <laughs> go first.
0: No, that's not what we do here. It's a new but...
1: tradition. <laughs> All
0: right, so your, your, your question is as follows. The question that I have for you today is okay i think they're referring to i want to say it's a social media thing or it could be okay i'll just rock out with the question so the question is as a designer could you recommend one or two accounts that you follow and Aww. there's there's no particular there's no particular media given so i suppose it could be on anything instagram YouTube. an architecture
1: page right yeah, just making yeah. sure we're not yeah, asking yeah, yeah. random pages yeah. I follow.
0: <laughs> although, although I, <laughs> okay. I do want to know now a third random page that you
1: follow. Sorry, RSV. These are our competitors. <laughs> but I will talk about... And it goes with everything that I was saying. Because what I appreciate about these two firms is how good their branding is. Hmm. And how effective hmm. it is. I mean... You know, I'm like, whoa, that's so cool. Like I, you know, I I can appreciate it, but I'm sure everyone does because it's not just about, and and I mentioned this a while ago, you know, it's not just about how your client sees you. It's also about the people who potentially want to join or fellow architects. Like, hey, these are the people I want, they align with my vision as an architect. Hmm. This is where I want my career to grow or something like that. Gotcha. My answers are. Who I think are most effective in terms of, you know, like LinkedIn or Instagram or everything. I really like MBRDVs. Okay. They, they have Solid. very nice. Solid,
2: yeah.
1: Another one, they have really, really nice videos. I'd say. It's is and so
0: Studio, you guys yeah. follow RSP, <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the third account is RSP 100%. I'm sure, no, but, but yeah, yeah, they, yeah. It,
1: because what I like most about them is it's not just the pretty pictures, they have a lot of very nice buildings, obviously, so they could just be posting pretty pictures, mm. and they're both very well established, but they still put out. Oh, wait, there's more. Okay, never mind. You said two. Um, we one no, we can do one No, 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 no. The no. they're getting closer to being our direct competitor, <laughs> so I don't want
2: to. <laughs> all right, fair But enough.
1: it's, so in general, the ones I really appreciate are, this is what I mentioned earlier, is because even if they're already established, they still are consistently posting. Mm. And it's all the things I mentioned earlier. It's not just nice pictures, nice renders, or nice sections, or, you know, these nice graphics. Some of them do a lot of things about people as well. Hmm. I saw a thing in UN Studio. They had a TikTok. I think it's TikTok. Correct me if I'm mistaken. But it was, you know, one of those come around the office with me. And, you know, it's like, they don't have to do that. And, and, and it might have even been like, you know, because for such a big name, like it might have even been a risk because it might have been like, what you guys, what are you doing? Like, that's really. Yeah, it could be a bit
0: cringe. As well. yeah, yeah, a bit.
1: But it wasn't. It wasn't. So I appreciate these kinds of posts where they don't have to do it, but they still do because it adds to their brand, Mm. their image. Mm. Um, And then aside from that, they have all these other very intelligent discussions Mm. to reiterate to people that, okay, we're fun. We have these cute videos or celebrate Christmas, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, we're experts. Listen to us. We're not just posting a video and showing you about this amazing project we did for this client, which is good. But they're going a step beyond and saying, this is, you know, like a general thing. They're just sharing their intelligence, their research mm. to young architects, other enthusi- architecture enthusiasts, and all of this. And it's a really nice way to market themselves. But, you know, it's something that anyone would appreciate, even regardless of your profession in the industry. I think every, it, they have very nice content that anyone would like to follow.
0: True, true. No, I mean, I have, I have. I've personally seen those pages, yeah. so I completely agree, and I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm. Makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, Michelle, it's been an interesting episode. I'm not going to lie; it's been for me a lot of aha moments where I'm like, "Oh yeah,
2: okay, it's 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 <laughs> it's, it's,
0: it's not just me being crazy. <laughs> 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 that makes sense. Yeah, and I think a lot of our listeners probably align with that. So, I wanted to thank you on behalf of our team for you know obviously coming on giving us your time obviously the show is only possible because of people like yourself who take time out of i'm sure we all have busy calendars so <laughs> we really appreciate your time and yeah thank you for coming on we look forward to having you on in the future as well
1: thanks for having me this is so fun and um obviously i feel like i had so much more to say but <laughs> well it, no it, it's a very interesting topic and like i said we don't and i say we like <laughs> BD people don't always get a chance to really showcase what we do. Hmm. You know, we're promoting the other people. True, <laughs> but it true. is and, and I'm not, you know, like patting myself on the back. Oh, you did a good job. It's it, it's just because I'm saying I'm I would like to promote this because I would like more people hmm. to come <laughs> basically to join the BD world because it is it's very interesting. Yeah. You don't you never have the same day. Like your day is different every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, if you have the personality for it, definitely do yeah. it for sure.
0: Yeah, I think I might make the switch. Make the M-
1: switch, make the switch.
0: Mark, if you're listening, <laughs> let's talk Monday morning, man. <laughs> I want to change and roll.
1: <laughs> new year, new title.
0: <laughs> no, but uh, no, but in all seriousness, I mean, it, it 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 has been awesome and it has given at least me a lot to think about. So again, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you very much. And for the rest of you guys, we will catch you guys next week. Fellow A-Former, thank you so much for your time. If this episode added any value to you, please share it with anyone who may benefit. If you want to carry on the discussion, please get in touch with us over socials. We are at A-Form Show on the Gram and hello at Aform.studio on email. That is at Aform Show on the Gram and hello at Aform.studio on email. Until next time, stay inspired.